Thank you for joining us today on this Ropes and Gray podcast, the latest in our series of podcasts and webinars focused on topics of interest for asset managers and investors. I am Amanda Prasad, a partner in our asset management group based in New York, and joining me today is my San Francisco-based asset management colleague, Kevin White. Today, we will be discussing GP-led secondaries. As a brief recap, GP-led secondary transactions generally speaking, involve one sponsor advised fund selling one or more portfolio companies to a newly formed continuation vehicle, or as you'll hear us refer to in this podcast, a CV. That sale is happening to a set of new investors. Investors in the existing fund have an opportunity to be cashed out of their share of the underlying portfolio company using the proceeds contributed to the CV. Alternatively, these investors can roll their investment into the CV. The market for GP-led secondary transactions has grown dramatically over the last few years. By way of example, in just March of this year, a presentation by a leading investment bank that's been active in the space now for quite some time, noted that the total GP-led secondary volume in 2021 stood at roughly 68 billion. That was up from 7 billion just six years earlier. Although the bank noted a dip in 2022 to 52 billion, they are projecting an increase from that number in this current year. Another interesting observation is that besides the usual institutional investors who've been buyers in uh, continuation vehicles, we've been seeing an uptick in certain fund sponsors, those that may perhaps have been managing buyout funds, real estate funds, growth funds, and the like, they are showing up with greater frequency on the buy side as well. We've also seen fund sponsors that were previously unfamiliar with continuation vehicles entering into the market. Um, And these fund sponsors run the gamut of smaller sponsors investing primarily in the lower middle market to larger cap sponsors that might have multiple funds and fund strategies under their belt. It's these particular fund sponsors, meaning the ones that previously been unfamiliar or newer to the continuation uh, vehicle transaction, that is going to be the focus of today's conversation. We have found that sponsors have a wide range of rationale for exploring GP-led secondaries. Often, those rationale begin very differently from one sponsor to the next, and yet all of the reasons for going into these transactions can be quite compelling. Um, Before we kick off our discussion about the rationale, uh, we did also want to highlight one newer development, which uh, many of you may have seen, which is uh, the recently published guidance by the Institutional Limited Partner Association on GP-led secondaries. And this guidance, ILPA, encourages investors to probe into a sponsor's rationale for engaging into these transactions. Obviously, more to come on that front, but for our particular podcast, I will now hand it off to Kevin to give us a little bit more insight into what we're hearing from our sponsors um, as they undertake these transactions. Private equity funds almost invariably have a fixed term. Once that term is up, the sponsor needs to liquidate the positions and return the proceeds to its investors. What's a manager to do, though, if the manager has conviction that its management of a set of portfolio companies will continue to unlock gains on the investments? 
Selling portfolio companies to a third party would upend all that. Transferring the assets to a successor lined pool fund would allow for continued management of the assets, but doing so could eat up all the dry powder for that successor fund or result in it being more highly concentrated in one or a few positions than would be appropriate. Transferring the assets to a continuation vehicle allows for a longer runway, but without the limitations associated with transferring to a successor blind pool fund. We find that a typical CV has a term of about five years subject to customary extensions. Amanda, what other rationales have you seen? Well, we've seen sponsors cite the availability, as you mentioned, of dry powder as a reason for wanting to conduct a GP-led secondary. Uh, these deals typically require the investors who fund the capital to the CV to make an unfunded commitment. Even those who uh, roll their commitment from the existing fund will be expected to roll a portion of their remaining unfunded commitment to the existing fund, if any, and possibly make a fresh incremental unfunded commitment. There are a couple of reasons for this. First, if a sponsor is finding that one or a subset of portfolio companies has more follow-on opportunities than initially expected, it may not have the available dry powder in the existing fund to make those follow-on investments. Also, the existing fund's governing agreement likely has concentration limits and repeated follow-ons would definitely trip those limits. Transferring the portfolio company or companies at issue to a continuation vehicle certainly helps resolve those issues. Sometimes the decision to conduct a GP-led secondary can be driven by the early success of a subset of portfolio companies. If a manager has a 10-year or longer horizon on an investment, but that investment has popped in value within just a few years, there could be an incentive among all parties involved to lock in some of those gains. Transferring those portfolio companies to a CV with a roll or sell election for current investors gives investors an opportunity to realize some of those gains now. Unlike a traditional sale to a third party, a transfer to a CV allows those investors who want to maintain their exposure to the portfolio companies with an opportunity to roll that exposure to the CV. Similarly, the transfer to the CV can result in the realization of carried interest for the sponsor. Though, of course, the sponsor needs to be mindful of the three-year holding period. Realization of carry can be a reward to those employees of the sponsor who have worked hard to improve the portfolio companies. GP-led secondaries often involve a full role of realized carry to the CV, but that's not always the case. Even when it is, it's an opportunity for the sponsor to increase its skin in the game with these portfolio companies significantly, since that rolled carry will convert to a capital interest. Related to the notion you mentioned of locking in gains for investors is that a GP-led secondary is an opportunity to let investors calibrate their liquidity profile and exposure to different asset classes. Um, investors have their own liquidity concerns to manage, not surprisingly, and that includes handling redemption requests, perhaps, from their own base of investors. Investors may also have requirements to allocate certain percentages of assets to different asset classes. If an investor is over-allocated to private equity because of the performance of its different asset classes, a liquidity option through a GP-led secondary can resolve that. Um, one of the other justifications, which you touched on previously, Kevin, is that the secondary can also allow for continued alignment of incentives for the sponsor as the sponsor's personnel grows and evolves. 
It's possible that former employees, for example, continue to receive carry despite not having been involved in the management of, let's say, a portfolio company for several years. Likewise, there might be new employees who have become intimately involved in a portfolio company, but have low carry points to show for it. Um, Kevin, give us a little insight on how a new CV could be beneficial to, to employees that are working on some of these portfolio companies. Happy to do so, Amanda. Moving portfolio companies to a CV typically involves forming a new general partner as general partner of the CV. The sponsor can allocate carried interest points for that new general partner vehicle however it desires. Thus, a GP-led transaction can result in former personnel getting a thank you in the form of getting liquidity for their carry interest, possibly at a significant step up to the value of the portfolio companies at the time they left the sponsor, while allowing new personnel to have better aligned incentives. I would note that while the expectation is for 100% roll of crystallized carried interest, it is common in these deals to exclude the role of carry attributable to former personnel. Those people could be cashed out. I would also note lastly, that a GP-led secondary is an opportunity for a sponsor to establish new relationships with new institutional investors. Secondaries investors frequently also have a primary investment team and a co-investment team. Establishing a relationship through a GP-led secondary greases the wheels to source primary investments in future fundraises. Thank you, Kevin, for joining me today for this discussion, and thank you to our listeners. For more information on the topics that we have discussed or any other topic of interest to the asset management community, please feel free to visit our website at www.ropesgray.com. And of course, we can help you navigate any of these topics that we have discussed, so please don't hesitate to get in touch. You can also subscribe and listen to this series wherever you regularly listen to podcasts, including on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Thank you again for listening and have a good day.